We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast coming at you on a Friday. That means we are, say with me now, less than one week away from everybody's favorite um, annual tradition, or maybe it's just us insane NBA people. Um, the trade deadline is very, very close. So, um, I will give all the credit in the world to uh, my producer, Andrew Claudio, for coming up with this idea. We figured, hey, we get Lonzo Ball questions and other assorted questions about random Pelicans players, like literally every day. I do the live stream or like on Twitter and whatnot. Why not have someone who covers the Pelicans on the podcast, which is exactly what we did. So today's episode features Mason Ginsburg. Um, he writes for Bourbon Street Shots and he hosts the In the Know podcast, which is uh, another member of the Blue Wire podcast family. So uh, we had a great conversation about um, about a lot of stuff about Eric Bledsoe, JJ Redick, of course, Lonzo Ball, touched on Zion, touched on Ingram. Um, you're really going to enjoy this. And I learned a lot from the conversation. I think you will, too. Um, one note, um, again, I feel like I, at some point I probably don't need to say this anymore, but as a reminder, if you're looking for commentary on last night's, um, Nick's magic game, you will not find it here. Check on your podcast stream or check on the Nick's film school, um, YouTube channel, um, for those thoughts and analysis. One other thing before I get to the interview with Mason, because it is of note and I'm, uh, just checking my phone to make sure nothing has happened yet and nothing has Kenny Payne, the Knicks assistant coach that they hired away from Kentucky, um, has been in the news over the last day or so. 
because he is getting a, it's official. He is getting an interview with uh, DePaul for the DePaul head coaching job in college basketball. Um, he is one of, I think, three reported candidates right now. Uh, there will be others that has been reported. So it's certainly not a done deal or anything close to a done deal. Um, but this is a real possibility. And if I was the Paul, I would think long and hard about it because, I mean, my goodness, um, if you can't get Coach Cal, who, you know, say what you want about him, the guy's had some modicum of success over the last uh, many years, um, get the guy that worked alongside of him for, for all these years and now can stay on boast on his resume that he has um, a um, uh, NBA head assistant coaching job. This is worrisome. Um well, actually, let me start with the positive. The positive is like, hey, the Knicks hired a really good assistant coach. So kudos to World Wide West. Kudos to, you know, Leon Rose, all that stuff. But we knew that already because I did podcasts on how amazing it was that we got this guy. And um, he's been really good because everybody sings his praises and we've read stories that have come out and the whole thing. But if we lose that guy... All of that stuff about how important he was here doesn't just vanish into thin air. Um, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal because, again, shout out to uh, Mr. Claudio for reminding me of this. We just drafted a big guy who, it's very clear, um, is not a just add water level of um, rookie. He needs work and he needs a lot of work. And most importantly, he probably needs a full offseason of work, at least. And Kenny Payne. As of now, hopefully we'll still have that full offseason to work with Obi Toppin. If he gets hired away, that's not going to be the case. So that's an issue. Um, you know, Mitchell Robinson is still here. Obviously, Julius Randle has had the season of his career. He has attributed some of that success to Kenny Payne. So, like, Kenny Payne going away, and, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I will. Um, Carl Anthony Towns exists. He's a player that may demand a trade at some point. And the thinking has been that if he is going to demand a trade, he might want to demand a trade here because the guy who helped him so much at Kentucky is here. So Kenny Payne goes away. That might go away with it. It's just regardless of what you think about Towns, regardless of what you think about Toppin, regardless of what you think about anything, if they lose Kenny Payne, that would suck. Um, and I hope they don't lose him. Although at the same time, um, I would be remiss to not point out that like, we need more black head coaches. We need more black head coaches in the NBA. We need more black head coaches in college basketball. We just need more black head coaches. So if he gets this opportunity, um, it will bittersweet. I believe this is the literal definition of bittersweet. It would be great for him. It would be crappy for us. Um, so I'm not going to like not wish him luck. I wish him luck in the interview process, but selfishly me sitting here as a Nick fan, it's like, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that's it. Um, so without further ado, let's get to some uh, very interesting Pelicans talk with Mason Ginsburg. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, um, I am very happy to bring on someone who knows a lot more about a topic that Nick fans have been asking me about seemingly every day for, I don't know, weeks, months. I've lost track. He is the host of the In the Know podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. He also writes for Bourbon Street Shots. Very happy to have on the program, Mason Ginsberg. Mason, uh, how you doing, my man? Pretty good. I'll shout out co-host with uh, Schmidt Dua and I are, are the co-hosts of In the Know. So I want to give him a shout as well. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, doing well. I appreciate you guys having me. It's an it's a exciting topic with the trade deadline coming up, right? Yeah. It, I, you know, it's I, I'm f trying to think of when I first started getting Pelican. You know what it was? I think the first time I started getting Pelican's questions was in the preseason when 
there was a rumor about I think it was it was Bledsoe and there was like Nilakina was brought up and it's like, let's exchange our point guard problems. And then obviously nothing happened, but you know, that was back in November and it's March now. And it feels like the, the conversation about the Pelicans in terms of having players that maybe kind of sort of interest the Knicks has never gone away. Um, let me just, before we even get into that, what, what has this season been like for you covering this team? Because I feel like it's been a little bit of a different sort of season than maybe you guys expected, or, or am I off with that, that take? It, it hasn't, it hasn't. I mean, so this team, I think most rational people thought this team was a play-in candidate, not, not a guaranteed playoff team by any stretch. I mean, they've traded Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday the last two seasons. And so obviously you've got Zion coming back, playing a full year instead of last year where he, he, he missed a decent chunk. But um, I mean, that said, this team on paper was not a better team than last year, last year, because you, know, you lost Drew, who's one of the best defenders in the league. And so um, the fact that they've been so not great, despite really the best health this team's had in a decade, um, no, like they've been one of the uh, knock on any piece of wood you can find in this damn place. But I'll knock on it for you. That they've been, I mean, they've been pretty healthy. And that this team, as many folks know, is, is not has not historically been that way. And so despite that, especially, um, you know, health, it, I feel like the defensive end is where you you hopefully benefit from continuity more than the offensive end from a health perspective. And it really hasn't happened. This team's been a dumpster fire on defense. Uh, they've been a top 10 offensive team, which I don't think people expected. Um, there was a lot of comments around this, the spacing. Do they have enough shooters around Zion? Zion kind of just said, I don't care. I'm just going to score anyway. I guess go through anyone. <laughs> um, and so the, the, the really empowering him to be point Zion is what people are calling over the last month or so has been really the, the, the offense has opened up and been ph- phenomenal, but they, they can't stop anyone. And so, um, so it's been, you know, they're about where they should be this season, but for different reasons. And I think fans are starting to get a little frustrated because, you know, you added in the, in the Drew trade, uh, you, you added blood. So you picked up Steven Adams too, and then flipped the, um, uh, the Denver first and t- two or three years for him. Um, and so the, the hope was that they'd be more, those veteran guys would help this team, on the defensive end and that just hasn't happened. So um, there is frustration, but it's, I mean, ultimately big picture. I'm not overly concerned about where this team is. I mean, when you have two of the top, um, what is, is Ingram 20, was he three, 23, 24, whatever, 23. Okay. When you have two of the top 10, 23 or under players in the NBA, I mean, like, Really, these are first world problems, right? Um, so, you know, all due respect to you guys, I don't, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy because we're still looking for, you know, Julius Randall's wonderful season aside. Um, you know, that's some wild. So, fun fact for you guys, I'm the, uh, I'm Julius Randall's probably the best player who's who's blocked me on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> we're in the congratulations. We're in the same club. Really? That's it. Yes. As far as I know, actually, he's the only player that has blocked me on Twitter. Eric Gordon um, got me a while ago. I think he's unblocked me, but he got me a while ago. <laughs> so, oh man, we could go down a whole rabbit hole here. I mean, look, I, in my defense, in my defense, just holding in his laughter here. Um, in my defense, I do not think I was as hard on him as a lot of people were here in New York last year. Um, I'm curious. I have to ask though, like he had a decent year with you guys. Were you, I mean, do, do you know why you got blocked or like what? It was, um, yeah, I, I have a good, I mean, I, there's nothing, there's no one thing I said, but I was, I was, I feel like I was probably like you were last year. It was, he, he was a empty, empty stats type kind of guy in new Orleans. And, and he's still, he's done this thing throughout his whole career until this year where the first like quarter of the season, he really gives a shit on defense. And then suddenly just the effort goes away. And so like, that's kind of what happened in new Orleans. He was, but he was still putting up numbers. And so I think certain people 
like saw through the numbers and others didn't. And I think he, you know, so I, I must've said something along the way that crossed the line, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's probably what it was. I mean, nothing, nothing too inflammatory, just like criticizing okay. play and stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, say, I mean, I think I, I, same, same thing over here. Okay. Well, we're off to a rousing start. Um, so how did I, how did I get up to, to bring up? Oh yeah. So, but you guys have, I think the makings of a young core, young foundation that could be there for a long time. Um, before I get into some specific players, I just, one more question about the overall season you guys are having and specifically the mentality of the fan base, because I'm just trying to, I was thinking about, you know, the pod and like, I wonder if I rooted for new Orleans you guys are in 11th place right now, right? Or whereabouts. It's, Something I think like you're that. neck yeah. and neck with the Thunder. Like, would I almost be rooting for them? Not to lose, not rooting to lose, but like, boy, to get one more high pick. Is is there a mentality within the fan base of like, listen, let's, whatever we got to do to push for the playoffs, let's, let's just keep winning games. We don't care about a draft pick. Is there a mentality of like, let's see what we can get maybe for Alonzo or JJ. Is it all over the place? Like how would you gauge where fans are right now with this team? I'd say they're pretty firmly in the camp of don't do anything rash right now. Don't prioritize anything in the short term. Okay. Uh, as far as, tank or not tank that you're going to find more, more of a divide. Um, I, but, but I, I think that there's a general sense of, yeah, if you can get something for JT deadline, do it. If you can get something for blood. So do it. Uh, we want, cause, cause I, the one thing I, I can tell you for sure is the fan base wants more Nikhil. They want more Kyra. They want to see these young guards play more minutes. And so, um, you know, that, that, that's more about JJ and blood. So than it is about Lonzo, given the way Lonzo's played over the last month or so, he's really picked things up. Um, but I, I think, I think that point is fair, but whether or not, you know, there are some fans who definitely want to see this team play some meaningful games, even if it's just the play in games. Mm. Um, and there are some fans that say, screw it, let's go get Cade. And, 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 uh, and, and just want to see the young guys play. Don't care if they win or lose. And, and if you want to go get a draft pick and a much better draft than last year, that's, that's fine with them. Um, is there a sense that I, I want to save Lonzo cause he's, I think that's the elephant in the room. Let's let's touch on on Bledsoe for a second because you you brought him up a few times now. Is that two two things with him? One, well, for, let's start here. Is there is there a sense in the fan base that the team will be better if he is playing less and like Kyra or Nikhil is taking his minutes, or is there the sense that like he is elevating their level of play and if he goes away for essentially nothing, they'll get worse, but it'll be like better in the long run. It's absolutely the former, but I think they. I think the fan base is over torqued. I was talking about this last night on Twitter a little bit because of the the blow, the loss they had to Portland. The, the, and they were up by seventeen and six minutes ago, and just an epic loss last night. Um, I think he's become the scapegoat um, for a few reasons. He the the effort ha- he has not been good this year. Like, I'll start with that. Um, the effort has been inconsistent, and also he's not Drew Holiday. And so when you when you used few to are. Drew, yeah, 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 and so but. If you think about it, like he was uh, on a second team all defensive player recently, um, he's been good in the regular season, obviously not that good in the playoffs. And so it, going into the season, it was reasonable to expect that Bledsoe could be like 75 to 80% of Drew Holiday in the regular season. Sure. In the playoffs, yeah, you can probably do it, even though he's, he's shooting a career high from three this year. So that's kind of a fun like, point along, along with all this. But, and yet um, he's yeah. still been disappointing, even with that career right. high from three. Yeah, I mean, like, I think he's showing a little bit of signs of age. I mean, he, he's he's not, and this is a little bit maybe uh, because of the, the 
the Pelicans aren't exactly have the type of spacing that the Bucks have, but he isn't getting to the rim as much. He's in, or he isn't, you know, scoring at that. He's, he's taking more of his shots from three, which I mean, has, has worked out. Okay. But, and the defense has been a, a huge problem. So nothing, nothing we've seen this year suggests that Bledsoe is anywhere near an all defensive type player. Um, I don't know how much of that is athleticism and just decline because he's, you know, he's just past 30 versus just, the I don't want to be here type thing. And now he was playing on an NBA, t- a title contender for a little while. Yeah. And maybe he's just not giving it his all every game, but, but it, a combination of those things has made him um, a focal point of the fan base to be upset with every time he does something not good. And so I, I don't think he's as bad as the fans kind of position him to be, but he, that doesn't change the fact that he's been underwhelming for the Pelicans this year. Yeah. We that's um, you could have everything you just said, you could have inserted the word, uh, the name Alfred Payton in for um, <laughs> who we who, had to, <laughs> who you had to, um, you know, and was, you know, it, we know what Alfred Payton is. It's like, I feel like the same thing. Like, you know what Eric Bledsoe and does he probably get a little bit too much blame? Yeah. Is he, is he helping matters? Absolutely not. So is it, is it fair to say, well, again, this was the second part of the question. I look at Eric Bledsoe as a negative asset in terms of, if he was a free agent today, would he get, um, well, I guess it would essentially be one year for 17 million. And then a year after that with a $4 million guarantee, like I'm not, I don't see the team that is going to look at that as a positive contract. Am I wrong there? No, I I think you're right. I think he's a slightly, slightly negative asset. Um, I think the right team could talk themselves into him because he's an up. It would have to be a team that is not playing with cap space next summer. And just need like I'm thinking Clippers like that. There are certain teams wow. that he could make sense for as an upgrade to who they currently have. Um, but I, you still don't, you're not going to pay positive that you can, cause there were the, the opportunity cost there is still significant. Um, I just, so I'm yeah. just thinking blood, blood, so for Kennard, probably both teams say no to that. Right. I, Absolutely. I, yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. You know what? Okay. Just um, making sure I just throw it out there. No, but yeah, so he, he is a, a negative asset. I think um, the thought is maybe once he's effectively an expiring next season um, with the $4 million guarantee the following yeah. year, you mentioned, um, you can use him as, as salary filler and another trade if you're looking to, to make a move. Um, and so I, I think they're not, it wouldn't be the end of the world if they didn't move him. Um, but I so, do think that's, I think it would be optimal if they could find a trade partner for him. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's best to just move, not spend too much time on him because it doesn't sound like the Pelicans are dying to get off of that money. Right. So I think a lot of Nick fans look at him as like, Ooh, if we got a real nice thing to take him on, but that does not sound to be where you, you guys are at with him right now. Nah, if, if you could, if, if they could attach a second to dump him, uh, I think that would be something, but like, they're not going to put a first against blood. So just no way. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, let's move on to another guard before I continue to save Lonzo. Um, JJ Redick. JJ Redick actually came out and did he say it? Was it like, I think it was, he didn't actually say it. It was reported or whatever that he wants to play closer to uh, his level. I, I would love to see his Williamsburg apartment. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's nice. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, <laughs> have you ever been to Williamsburg? No, no. Um, I, I was I was going to mention you guys. I before the before the Hornets became New Orleans. I was a Knicks fan. My my dad's from New York, oh. so that that was my I, I love basketball, and that was my allegiance until we got the team in two thousand two. Um, so oh. I think I I think I moved around the right time. Not that the not that the Hornets were the, <laughs> this this model franchise by any stretch, but I know that you know, that's that's kind of where the, the the old Knicks teams 
took took a dive. Um, yeah, it was 2001, right about then. Uh, yeah. We don't have to talk about that. Though. <laughs> um, so JJ Redick um, wants to uh, apparently play closer to uh, his home. Um, you know, Boston has been mentioned. Uh, I guess Philly, New York, and Brooklyn. And the Knicks are the one team that has the cap space. I mean, obviously, Boston has that big trade exception, but it, it sounds like they have other other desires there. Um, I guess I'll just ask the same question about JJ. He's making 13, 13 million this year. Um, is there a sense that New Orleans can get something for him, or is it just you know they're if he's here past the deadline, they'll they'll buy him out and like that'll be that. I, I think they're still. I have hope that he has has some value. I mean, I, I think if they can get a, a anything for him, they will. Uh, I, I have a hard sense of guessing what his value is, specifically if they are really just going to send him to one of the teams up in the Northeast versus are there other teams that would, you know, take him for – because, I mean, it's he's expiring, right? He's going to play for this team, whatever team he goes to, for like two months. And, yeah. and so is it really – I mean, uh, so I, I don't really have a good sense of that. Um, and even I think an interesting question also is, would they even buy buy him out? I mean, I, I think they would, um, but also, you know, uh, injuries happen. And so I think this was in the piece from uh, in the athletic today with ranking all the uh, trade trade assets across different across the I, league. I saw that. And, yeah. And it's like, well, if, if the Pelicans are trying to make a push for a playing game, JJ Redick still objectively helps you. And he's and having him is better than not having him. But it's like, you know, do you want to do right by him? And and, and so I, I, you know, I can't be that's something Griff can answer. And I can't. But I, I think they're still hoping to get something for him. Um. So I'm just looking at his numbers, like, obviously, it, it's it's actually funny from from two point range he's he's not that bad he's shooting almost 40 percent or sorry almost 50 percent from two um is it is is there has there been a bounce back i know he was struggling from three earlier this year he's been has he been better of late like where where's jj reddick's game right now yeah he's been better of late i i think the the again the point zion revolution that started in around the start of february um he was I, the, the Zion JJ pick and roll game was nice because you, you couldn't you can't lead JJ right and so and and his it, yeah and his his shooting ticked back up and even even when he was struggling you can't just say you can't just lead JJ Redick yeah. I mean he, he's he, he's still like one of the best shooters in basketball he just had a rough stretch to start the year and so while I mean I think he obviously has his limitations I don't think he's going to help a team uh, pass like the first round of the playoffs for example I think his, his defense is just too far gone mm. um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I certainly think he has value as a floor spacer and he's, he's really good moving without the ball too. He just, he, he just straight up helps her offense when he's in the game. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering, I'm at the point now in my mind where it's like, okay, the Knicks probably have their top, you know, five to 10 list of, of moves they'd like to make. And if all of those fall by the wayside and it's nothing, is it, you know, three forty-five on, uh, you know, next Thursday and they call up Griff and they're like, all right, we'll give you, you know, a 2026 second rounder and uh, we'll swap Reggie Bullock for, for JJ Redick. Like, would the Knicks do that? I would imagine they probably would. Would the Pelicans yeah. do that? I don't, you know, I don't so know. So what's, what's uh, Reggie Bullock's cap number? So Bullock's only making four million, four point two five million this year. So, so there's actually a, a additional value to that because the Pelicans are right up against the, I the know. tax line That's right, right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so if if they and right now I think they're carrying thirteen, fourteen players. I think it's thirteen plus Cindarius, not including two ways. It's thirteen plus Cindarius on a second ten day, and so like. If they can create, and they still have their full mid level, not that again, if, if we're talking, not talking about a team that's going to compete for the, for the playing game, maybe it doesn't matter. But I mean, giving a little space from the tax line helps 
if you're if you're looking at another move. So um, so there's more value there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So that, but that's, uh, I'm happy you brought up the roster spots thing because I'm, I am, as I'm sure are you, an insane person. And I spend time <laughs> trying to find fake trades all over the place. And you look at New Orleans with those open, open roster. I think it's two open roster spots, right? I'm yep. pretty sure. Yep. So you have that, those open roster spots, which could be valuable, but they're right up against the tax. The Knicks have uh, all of their roster spots right now. Not to say they couldn't like wave in Austin Rivers, um, another former Former Pelican? Yeah, I think former, former Pelican at some point. Um, see, we just keep collecting former Pelicans. Um, <laughs> and, but, you know, but they have the money. So it's like, are there three team deals out there for, you know, who knows? Um, okay, so that's so that's JJ. All right, let's 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 have the, the Lonzo discussion. Um, let me just start by asking you, what do you think of Lonzo Ball? Do you like him? What, do you not like him? Where, where are you at? I don't know where to start with this one. Um, so, <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> so, well, so all right, here's the thing. Uh, Lonzo Ball, if you're getting Lonzo Ball, you get you get his fan base, which is a, a lot. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but no, I, the, that's that's where I don't want to start. Price comes from. But so Lonzo's super. He's super interesting um, because the issue has for Lonzo Ball with the Pelicans has always been what's the next contract? Because you know you, you is is paying what he's going to cost you good for your franchise in the long term is, is the fundamental question. It's because right now, the last month or so, Lonzo Ball's been great. He's been at, like exactly what this team needs uh, as far as a, a guy who would just let it fire from three and make them at a high clip. They, they This team needs shooting. They need that. Um, and he's really come into his own as far as what he's what he tries to do versus what he doesn't. Um, you know, I think for any fans who think he's a half court floor general point guard, that's not the player you're getting. And I, I hope that's clear. That he's, was going to be my next question. Is Lonzo Ball a point guard? Yeah, so I, in transition, he's absolutely a point guard. He's one of the best yeah. guys passing up the floor in the game. He, he's, his vision is tremendous. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't drive. He doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't score well at the rim. Uh, his free throws are getting better, which is important because he was averse to going to the line before, but I think he's up over 70% this year, which is a huge, huge improvement. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but, but so, so yeah, I mean, so I think there's a lot of things to consider with Lonzo. Like what are, what is he in your, on your offense with your team? And so there is concerns like is Lonzo ball, the Lonzo balls uptick heavily coincided with point Zion. And so like, is it, how, mm-hmm. how much can he, is it, how much is he going to drive your offensive performance versus be the guy who just takes you over the top? And if that's the case, you know, what is he worth on the open market? And so I think there's a lot of nervousness paying him 20 mil plus a season. Um, if that's what he's going to cost. 
Um, so it's not to say that, I mean, if this Lonzo ball that the Pelicans have gotten over the past month or so is that, is the Lonzo ball you're going to get in the foreseeable future. Um, you can make the argument that he's worth close to that. Um, the, this challenge has been with him in consistency. Um, Cause even last year he was terrible to start the year. He was great for the month or two leading up to the bubble. And then the bubble, he was terrible this year. He started out awful and he's been great over the last month or month and a half. And so you're, you if you're Griff, you're trying to extend the sample size as far as possible to really make the best decision. Um, but at the same time, if you feel like the offers are going to come in higher than you're willing to pay for him, you have to consider making him, you have to consider making the move at the deadline. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's a super interesting dilemma that the Pelicans are in. Um, and so do you, do you just let it go to the restricted free agency and hope that you can get him for an, a, a, you know, a reasonable number you can, but with clutch that, that hasn't really borne out. Uh, it hasn't, haven't seen that it has pretty likely uh, with recent um, clients. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a huge decision. Um, so um, I, I've rambled enough about this, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to come to a clear answer here. No, it's, I'm happy you gave us all that because I feel like they're still, even amongst smart basketball fans they're, they're and I, don't really consider myself one of those, but like there is this image of Lonzo ball that it's like, okay, yes, we know he's not anywhere close to his brother in the half court, but there's like there to me, at least he has this reputation of like, if he's out there, your offense will be better. Even though he's not a guy who's going to run the show as a, a classic point guard. And I'm just, I'm wondering, like just hearing you talk about it, is he, I mean, other than his shooting, which has been again inconsistent, but good of late. Like what? What else? And the, obviously the transition stuff, which goes without saying, he's one of the best transition players in the league. Like what? And defense, I should say, also. So let's actually focus on those two things. Other than shooting in the half court, is there anything else that you could say? Like you're really going to want Lonzo for this? Is he like a really good cutter? Is he? Does he like move the ball? If not, he if not necessarily setting up other guys. Yeah, I, I think the moving the ball piece is really where. It, he, well, he's not he's not the the, the lead guard. But um, so Schmidt actually wrote a great piece on this and, and, call, and calling him one of the best connectors in the league. So okay. um, he could be, you know, the, the guy who gets the pass from the guard to the guy driving and then makes the right uh, extra pass to the guy who gets the bucket. And so like that, that's something he's really good at. It's just like kind of setting your expectations for what he is and what he isn't. That's important. And if he fits within your roster. I, so, I, I mean, the, the, the reason that concerns me with the Knicks specifically is you keep talking about like a need for a true point guard. And I don't know if Lonzo is that guy for the Knicks, but, well, but we- that doesn't mean he might not fit. We have our own questions because, you know, we have Emmanuel quickly now, who is everybody's favorite, you know, um, <laughs> guy, new, new guy in town. And as, as he should be, the, guy, the kid's awesome. Um, and there's that question of like, OK, is he a six man? Is he an eventual starting point guard? Well, if he is a starting point guard at some point, in my mind, at least he needs a, another guy next to him. That's almost kind of going to be a co-point guard. So that's where the yeah. I, again, it's the idea of Lonzo. Super intriguing. Yeah. Um, but, and then uh, def- before we just move on from what type of player he is defensively, I feel like he's, he's always had the reputation as a good defender, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'd say he's overall, he's a plus defender. I think that's, that's easy to say. I, I think there's still in- inconsistency there um, gets lost off the ball sometimes. Uh, and, and I think the, one of the most uh, concerning things to, to us, uh, us being uh, you know, those who follow the Pelicans closely is the, the how bad the defense has been this year and that you know Ooh. it's not Lonzo's fault but at the same time like you thought Alonzo Bledsoe backcourt would be better than it has been and so 
Um, th- there are certainly concerns there, um, but but I think he's if he's your best perimeter defender, you're probably in trouble. But he's still like he is a good defender. Okay, um, let's put on our GM hats for a second. Does Does David Griffin wear hats? <laughs> he wears a mask. There's a commercial there. There's a commercial during all Pelicans games where he's like, you know, mask up New Orleans, and I feel like it's 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 good, but it's also like, all right, we've seen the same damn commercial. Make a new one. <laughs> Make a new mask commercial. It's on like ten times every game. I mean, that's better than Leon Rose. We, we, Leon Rose might as well be a ghost at this point. We really don't <laughs> see much of him at all. Um, I did see uh, Worldwide West in the stands the other night. He was wearing a mask too. So whatever. We'll 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 put on our our GM uh, masks for a second. Um, the Knicks call and and this is I think I'm I'm going to skip past the negotiations. We're going right to my final offer. Um, I think they they would top out at they have uh, Dallas's 2023 first round pick, which is top ten protected. Um, I think they would offer that, and I think they would offer one of Kevin Knox or Frank Nalikina. Now, if you don't watch a whole lot of Knicks games, um, you probably don't know a ton about those players, nor should you. Knox has not been a good NBA player. He hit some corner threes this year, but he's other than that, he hasn't been much else. Still young, you know, whatever. And Frank Nilakina, his reputation as a um, defensive, um, you know, dynamo who has some uh, offensive issues from time to time as the last four games when he hasn't hit a field goal um, are, are evidence of like one of those guys. And like, you know, maybe we have Detroit's second round pick this year, which is probably going to be 31 or 32 in my eyes. That's, kind of where a, a possible deal would be because as you alluded to before, you're not trading for Lonzo ball. You're trading for the right to pay Lonzo ball in several months. So sure. you're David Griffin. What, what do you say to that, to that offer? You know, in January, I would have taken that and run. Um, really? Wow. Now, okay. now I'm, I'm less certain um, just because of, you know, he's been, he's been a good piece for this team. And I think, I, I think they would hope that. So I, I'm thinking about that Dallas 2023 pick as as a late first rounder. I I, I really feel like you know year what would that be year four year five of, of Luca. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and so um, I don't I don't put a lot of stock in that one. Um, I think the Pelicans already have a, a, a lot of picks such that you know a, a, an early second round this year isn't. I, you know, would you be able to add that guy to this to the roster? They have Didi Lozada who's who's over in Australia right now or. or yeah, I think uh, Sydney. Yeah, right, right now, and so that they're that I think they want to bring him over at some point. Plus, obviously, pick this year. So, um, I, I don't know if it does it for them because uh, you would think that there might be other teams in the mix here. Uh, I know uh, there's been a lot of talk around Chicago. Um, I don't really know other teams that might be interested, in, and maybe in me. It's been a huge secret, I think, overall. Um, no one's saying anything about the Lonzo situation, whether or not they're. You know who's who's interested, who's not. You know whether really? the Pelicans okay. want to want to move him. I feel like it's much more. You can you can get a better sense for some of the other guys. Like even even Josh Hart. It sounds like the team likes Hart and they want to try to try to keep him. Um, I think Zach Lowe mentioned that on. Or maybe I'm making that up. Somebody I, I was listening to some podcast recently where they're like, no, they like Hart. They want they want Hart to be there for a while. Yeah, I've, I've got concerns about that as well. But 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 I like Hart a lot too. But I, I worry about um, that what you pay that guy who I don't think I don't I don't really see Josh Hart as any a guy. Who is he restricted? Starter, but he is. this year? Yeah. Yep. Oh, he is. Oh, I forgot that. Okay. Yeah. He was late first round pick. Yeah. Um. So he's yeah. It, it's it's same year as Lonzo. So um. But so yeah. I mean I I, I don't if it gets to like the last minute, like kind of like the, the, the example you're talking about with, with uh, JJ and yeah. there's nothing better on the table. And they really, I, I, I almost think they would rather keep him at this point because of the optics um, of, of moving him for that package too. Um, huh. Cause they could get, I, I, there might be, 
uh, I don't I don't want to call it an uprising, but like if he continues to play this well, then they dump him for like a, a, a late first round pick. Um, I think that would be could be perceived as worse than just losing him for nothing or, or in, in restrictive free agency. But um, but yeah, um, so I, I don't know if that would be enough for them, but we'll yeah, see. And, and the issue is that we don't the Knicks don't have a whole lot of like um, in between assets. They have some like clearly distressed assets and Knox and Frank and hell at this point, you might put Obi Toppin in that category the way he's been playing late. I don't think they put Toppin on the table. I'm not, I, nor do I think the Pelicans would be knocking down the door for Obi Toppin exactly, you know, with how he's played, but putting that aside. Um, yeah. So maybe there's not a match. The, the only other thing I'll just quickly ask on Lonzo and I have no idea if you've heard anything to this effect, but like, you know, the dad is the dad. Is there any sense that like the, part of the calculation here is that his family slash people will make life more difficult for like, for instance, if he stays in New Orleans entering restrictive free agency versus if he's in New York, you know, and maybe like, you know, big, uh, big Mr. Ball is, is more okay with him resigning for like a better number. And like any sense of any of that? I haven't heard it. I mean, I, I think it's been pretty quiet as far as, uh, you know, LeVar and, and Lonzo over the last um, really all, all season or, you know, I, I, I didn't hear much about him uh, from like the midway point of last season. It feels like he's more, he's more invested in, in LaMelo at this point. I don't really know if there's anything, you know, family relationship wise that, that that's going on, but I haven't, I, mean, I assume no, I assume no news is generally good news on this front. So um, with LeVar, yes, yeah. no news is good. <laughs> So I, I don't, I haven't gotten a sense that anything's going on there. Okay. Um, cool. So a couple more and then we get you out here. You've been incredibly generous with your time. Um, you guys won the Zion lottery, um, which, what was that like, by the way, for you that night? I was uh, in an Uber back to my apartment in Chicago from the airport. And so I was, <laughs> I, I was, I was hardly paying attention to the lottery. Cause I was just like, there's just no way there's no way. And then, <laughs> And then when it got down to four, I was like, oh, okay. And then I pulled up watching it on my phone and, the, and the, or, or maybe on my laptop in the, in the Uber. I was like, oh, this could actually happen. And so it was, um, it was, it, it was, it was very wild. Um, just totally unexpected, but how can you ever expect something like that? You, they were like, had like the seventh best odds or something. So just, just yeah, nuts. whatever it was. I mean, um, I've, I've been thinking about Lons or um, Zion lately because um you know, Julius Randle has an outside shot at all NBA. If like some of these injury situations with KD and AD continue and I'm like, yeah, maybe someone votes him over like Tatum or Butler. And then I'm like, but Zion's there. Like, are they really going to vote Randall? Like he's, he's been everything you guys could have expected. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think that de- if you're going to nitpick, like the defense doesn't come along quite as quickly as you, uh, there was, there was all the, there were comments that, Oh, this guy, he could be malleable, like Drake, not, not like as good as Draymond, but just like be multi-positional and really oh, be okay. able to defend in multiple ways. But I mean, it's like, still year two. He hasn't even played a you know full season's worth of games yet, but yeah, I mean, especially this last month, I think the, the, the way he's impacting the game with the ball in his hands so early on in his career um, is even, I think that more than, we all could have anticipated. It's, it's just, it's really incredible to see him, his game, his offensive game growing this way. Is there any sense yet of, again, it's, I feel silly bringing this up, but like, again, I was just listening to the low post the other day talking about at some point, there's going to be not saying it's Zion, but like some guy on a rookie contract, that's going to be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take the qualifying offer. I don't love this situation. Um, is there any pressure right now that you think the organization feels that like, is there a nervousness at all amongst the fan base or is it just like all still kind of very happy? Like we have this guy, things are headed in the right direction, you know, like giddy up. 
It, it's a really good question. I feel like it's one that the fan base hasn't even thought about yet, but they should be. Um, I, okay. I think as far as whether or not Zion could be, I think is he, he's as likely as anyone to be the guy to do that. Um, you know, it, it, he's, it's not like he's hurting for money. He's going to have more money in endorsements and he knows to do with. And so, um, you know, and I think it's pretty clear that the, the good news is that it doesn't matter where he is. Zion's just Zion. And so it's not like AD, I feel like was a little bit less of a, of a um, alpha and, and maybe going to Los Angeles helps his brand more than yeah. Zion's just, you know, he, he he's going to be a name no matter where he is. But I mean, I, I think there, there should be pressure. And I, I don't think they should be the, the, one of the big problems with the AD era was that they, they, they maybe rush things a little bit too much, but the counterpoint is, if you don't, and you're a small market, uh, what you know, what w- maybe things will up faster than you anticipate. I mean, people are already talking about with Carl Anthony Towns, like a year or two into his his extension, you know, is yeah. he is he going to ask out? And so, um, you know, I, I think it's a it's a tightrope you have to walk as a small market team with a star like him. Um, but I, I I think that's certainly possible. Uh, but I think there's still time there's still time to 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 make the roster what it needs to be a- around him. And so, um, no no pressure yet. But I think it's maybe it's under. Uh, it's underappreciated. Okay. Um, last thing before I get you out of here, just because uh, people will yell at me if I don't ask about him. Um, Brandon Ingram was a big time um, topic of conversation amongst a lot of Nick fans last year. Cause they were like, just, you know, max amount restricted free agency. You never know. David Griffin might not match or this and that. And I'm like, come on, it's, it's Brandon fucking Ingram. The guy was a 22 year old all-star. Yep. Um, it, is uh, I think Bill Simmons maybe brought it up on his pod uh, last week or something, which again, take anything Simmons says with uh, several grains of salt, but like the, the pairing with him and Zion, is there a positive feeling about that within the fan base? Is there any concern like those two guys aren't the best thing because of defense or any other concerns? Like where, where are you at on the two of them? I think there's, there are real concerns defensively. I don't think, um, I think they're going to be just fine offensively. I think they're still right now. I think the Portland is a perfect example. Last night, the you know halfway through the fourth quarter, uh, you know I think maybe Ingram played a little too much, terrible ball. And and, and at this point, everyone's like Zion the clutch has incredible numbers at any point. Even like in the clutch, he's clearly been the Pelicans' best option this year. Ingram's been terrible in the clutch this year. So there's there could be some near term issues around who's the alpha, who's 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 the guy at crunch time. Um, but I think long-term that I have absolutely no reservations about those two fitting together on offense defense is a much different story. This t- this, I mean, if neither of those guys ever become plus defenders and I think Zion's still got a, an okay chance, Ingram has been really bad defensively. And so if they feel like, you know, they can't field a, a real strong, deep playoff contender type team with those two guys as your cornerstones, um, because of the defense, I think you've got to come, there's a, there's a reckoning at some point, but I think mm-hmm. right now, again, it's, it's early. I mean, it, are you, if you're playing Zion at the five, and Ingram at the four uh, or Ingram at the three, but Zion at the five, maybe you have more options than if you feel like you need a true five next to Zion that, that, you know, it's so a lot of roster configuration questions to be answered that have time to do, but um, there I'd be lying if I said I was totally comfortable with those two being that are your defensive uh, mainstays, you know, I got to tell you, you've been incredibly honest throughout this entire podcast. A lot of, you know, a lot of times people who cover other teams will get on and uh, and try to wax, you know, poetic and put lipstick on a pig again, not that the New Orleans situation is anything close to that. I think they're a top, I don't know, five situation in the league. Um, But this has been refreshing to hear. Do you, do you want them to do anything before next Thursday or you're cool with just kind of riding this one out? 
I've I've been on so Shivit and I both. If people listen to our podcast, we've been on the trade Lonzo train for a, a while because of this, just because of our trepidation around his next contract. And if you lock yourselves into that, like a, a near like a twenty mil plus or near max deal for Lonzo, in addition to the, to the, you know, it 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 hamstrings you moving forward to make other main big changes. And so Lonzo's got to be the guy you really believe in to help be the trio with Zion and Ingram. Um, and so I, you know, I, I think I've, I'm not quite as adamant as I was before, um, but still like, I, I wouldn't be heartbroken if they thought they could get value from him. And if they really didn't think if they really, if you gave Griff truth serum, he said, I'm not, I'm not paying Alonzo the contract he's going to get, then yeah, yeah. Make, try to make a move and get something for him. But um, I, I, you know, I, I think, I think there will be moves to be made and it's um, going to be an exciting period. Uh, okay. I lied. This is the last one. Is there one fake trade across the league involving Lonzo that you guys love? I, I don't have one because his, I think the, the, because the change in his value over the last month has been real. And so we were talking about marketing for Lonzo ball swaps two months ago, three months ago, because both mm. those teams didn't want to pay their player and restricted free agency or, or may not yeah. want to. And so you just get getting the other team's problem. But, <laughs> but now I wouldn't even think about that. Like, I feel like Lonzo is, has, is much more malleable and a better fit for more teams with the way he's playing right now. And so I think his value is higher. And, but, but so I don't, I don't have a, a target offer because I feel like it's a moving target. Yeah, that's a really that's a great way to put it. Um, this has been fantastic and uh, really, really educational. You made me much smarter about all of this stuff than I was before. And I know the listeners will feel the same way um, in case they want to check. And I have a feeling some fans may want to do this over the next couple of weeks. If anybody wants to check out your stuff and your podcast, can you tell uh, them one more time where to go? Yeah, we well if a, if a trade happens between the Knicks and Pelicans, we'll have to have you all on for, uh, <laughs> for, for a podcast too. So, but, um, I'd be happy uh, to. Yeah, but uh, so I write, quote unquote, write. I, I do mostly just podcasting these days, but uh, I'm, I'm with uh, bourbonstreetshots.com. So um, Pelican's uh, blog, we were formerly with the True Hoop Network, now extinct, but um, we're still uh, operating independently. Got good group of uh, folks over there. And then um, Shabit and I uh, do the In the Know podcast for Blue Wire and Bourbon Street Shots. So I'll all Pelicans uh, stuff all the time. And so I encourage y'all to definitely uh, to, to check us out. I'm sure we'll be um, eager to, to, to post some new stuff as, as we get close to the trade deadline here. I am 1000% going to listen to your, regardless of what happens, your post deadline uh, trade deadline podcast. Cause I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious. It's, it's yeah. an interesting situation. Um, stick around for one sec to everybody else. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the next film school podcast. We'll be back with you with another episode um, on Monday. Have a good weekend. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.